and thank you for joining us on The Business Advantage. I am Alicia Pennington, your host and owner of Advantage Athletic Training. I chose to start our new season off with fulfillment because it's something that I think about often. What does fulfillment mean? What does it look like? How does it feel? Is it stagnant? Is it something I can achieve? Or is it fleeting? Because of my inquisitiveness of the topic, I am naturally drawn towards self-help topics and books. Everything from being a great leader to creating your own journey in life. Suffice it to say, I have done my fair share of internal searching for fulfillment. One of the conclusions I have come to is that there's no arriving at a final place. It's an ongoing journey of feelings that are ever-changing. Because we are all humans trying to do the best we can in this world, I thought it was important to start with this topic. I envision the listener of this podcast being someone who wants to better themselves, and part of achieving that is defining fulfillment for yourself. I hope that after listening to this, you will have a great understanding of fulfillment, not only professionally, but personally as well. Enjoy. Key learning objectives. Understand the value in pursuing a fulfilled professional pathway in athletic training. Identify components of the athletic training profession that could be improved as a result of having a fulfilled professional pathway. Know where to locate inspiration, support, and resources for the improvement of yourself in the pursuit of fulfillment. The definition of a topic is important. The English language is a beautiful creation, but we often misconstrue meanings of words. This is why we will always start with the definition of a topic and then break down that definition and meanings for our own understanding. According to dictionary.com, the definitions of fulfill include the following, to carry out or bring to realization, to perform or do as a duty, to satisfy, to bring to an end, finish, or complete, to develop the full potential. Let's examine each one of these individually to really understand what we're talking about when we say the word fulfill. To carry out or bring to a realization. A realization is the making or being made real of something imagined, according to dictionary.com. This is the literal translation of our podcast today, identifying what you want for your professional life and then bringing it to fruition, to perform or do as a duty. Well, no need to tell ATs about performance or duties. We're chocked full of those. Actually, according to our BOC standards of professional practice, Section 2, Code of Professional Responsibility, we have a duty to, quote, act in a professionally responsible manner 
in all athletic training services and activities? How can we take the fulfillment we seek and apply it to our professional responsibilities? We will discuss that further later on. To satisfy. This is the ethereal version of the definition that is obscure and difficult to objectify. This is the feeling you get inside when you are fulfilled. Nothing that you can reach out and grab necessarily, but the warm goodness that's in your heart. Again, we will discuss this in more detail later. To bring to an end, finish, or complete. Though this is one definition of the word, used more to describe fulfilling a duty, I think, this isn't the definition that we are going to work with mostly because there really is no end to the pursuit of fulfillment. Not to scare you away from seeking it, but like anything else, once we get what we want, there's something more waiting for us. Thankfully, we as humans have an ongoing desire to be better, and seeking fulfillment is one of those traits. To develop the full potential— This is the definition that keeps me awake at night. Full potential. I mean, my goodness, what does that even mean? How do I quantify that? And how do I wrap my arms or my brain around it? Did I reach my full potential today? Am I reaching my full potential at this job in my life? I'm convinced that there is no answer to these questions. And by convinced, what I mean is that I've told myself there are no answers to this to help myself sleep at night. We could all drive ourselves crazy trying to define what full potential is. Instead, we have to rely on doing our best every single day. Take a moment to think to yourself, How do you define fulfillment? Regardless of what the dictionary says, what does fulfillment feel like to you? This is a topic that is hard to describe in words that make sense because it's a feeling, not necessarily an objective that you can write down on a piece of paper. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Seriously. Close your eyes. Think about a time when you truly felt fulfilled. Was it as a result of an accomplishment? Perhaps a sense of joy? Is it a situation that you are thinking of? Or a person? Or a job? Do you feel fulfilled right now in your life? Or are there areas of friction that you have to work through to get there? Examine the components of that fulfillment that you have pictured in your mind right now and hold on to them as we work through this podcast. What value does this have to athletic training? Before we get there, I want to talk a little bit more about the value that it has for me so that I can better explain it to you. As I've already mentioned, self-help is an area that I tend to have a gravitation towards. In all that I have read, a major theme 
in the attempt to live a fulfilled life is passion, joy, and happiness. Identifying your passion and living it out wholeheartedly and unapologetically is a key component to having a life, both personal and professional, that we feel fulfilled in. I am fortunate enough to have found my passion in athletic training, but that wasn't enough. Once I entered the profession, I realized that I still had some more digging to do. I'm sure, like most of you, I assumed I would end up in a collegiate or a high school setting. But when I was in those areas, I still didn't feel fulfilled. I would take on aimless projects and attempt to better all of my positions, but I still felt there was something more out there for me. I wasn't satisfied at the end of most days. In my attempt to seek this fulfillment, I turned outward, getting more jobs, taking on more responsibility, creating projects for myself, and all to be left with the same feeling at the end of the day, just a sense of non-completion, non-satisfaction, just, I don't really want to say emptiness, but to an extent, that's what it was. I didn't feel full at the end of the day. It wasn't until I turned my attention inward that I began to find a sense of fulfillment at the end of some days. And it really wasn't until I started my own company and worked for myself, allowed my mind to wander in all the directions that it wanted, and removed judgment from my thinking that being a business owner was impossible that I truly started to feel fulfilled more regularly. It really is crazy how all of this worked out. By taking on a level of responsibility that would give most people anxiety just to think about and thrusting myself into an area that I had zero confidence in, I somehow felt fulfilled. Really, it had more to do with breaking free of the restraints that many of the other positions I carried had placed on me. There's also a sense of ownership that I feel by being a business owner. I sort of liken it to having a child because that's the closest thing that I can imagine it being and what all of the parents describe what being a parent is like is sort of how I feel about having my own business. And most parents feel a great sense of joy and satisfaction and fulfillment at the end of their day simply as the result of being a parent. So it is this feeling that I want everyone to be able to feel. It's not enough to go through life just taking each day as it comes. We need to live fulfilled. And part of how we do that is going inward to identify what is inside of us that needs satiating. So what significance does this topic have to our profession? You know, Okay, Alicia, that's cool and all that you started your own company and have all this fulfillment, but what does this have to do with athletic training 
and you? Well, it's applicable in all facets from job satisfaction to retention rates or increased pay and recognition, just to name a few. I will get into each one of those next, but truly, if we are not a people who operate passionately, living fulfilled each day, it will show in our work and reflect on our profession as a greater whole. Have you ever met that athletic trainer who is just such a curmudgeon and has nothing good to say about the profession? And all you can think to yourself is, why are you still doing this? Or what are you still doing here if if that's all that you have to say about the profession? Those are the type of people that we all want to avoid becoming. Whether it's because we seek to be fulfilled in our everyday as athletic trainers, or we realize that athletic training isn't really our calling and we seek out something else, we end up benefiting the profession either way. It does no justice to anybody personally or professionally to move through life with so much friction, especially in what you do every single day. Contrarily, have you ever met that athletic trainer who is so passionate about this field? Maybe they're involved in their state or district committees and they have positive but honest feedback about the profession. Don't you just feel better when you're around them. You sort of feel energized about the profession and where we're going and the things that we're working on together. And perhaps you even want to get involved after being around them and talking to them. These are a prime example of how living a fulfilled life of significance aids in benefiting the profession. If that is the significance it has to our profession, then what is the implication to the growth and development for athletic trainers? According to a study published in the Journal of Athletic Training in 2011, quote, female athletic trainers tend to leave the profession around age 28, and a general decline of athletic trainers in the workforce occurred after age 30. We could be benefiting ourselves in developing deeper careers by finding our unique niche or calling early on. If I hadn't started my company, I don't know how long I would have remained in athletic training because I wasn't happy and fulfilled and satisfied with what I was doing. But now I can confidently say that I see myself doing this indefinitely. How many of you feel that way? Are you simply getting by day to day? Is this just a means to an end? Or do you truly have a sense of joy and completion and satisfaction at the end of most of your days? You know, one of the reasons why I started Advantage was because I saw an opportunity for athletic trainers to work in a way that wasn't already being provided, which is through contract and part-time work. 
I honestly challenged my own thinking in this because I wasn't sure how many athletic trainers were really out there who wanted this kind of job. But now I have met several people from all kinds of backgrounds who really appreciate the type of work that we offer because it fits their needs. And they are so appreciative of what we are doing because before us, they didn't really have an opportunity to practice in the way that they were looking for. You know, whether it be a stay-at-home mom or dad, a graduate student, or just someone who is a full-time freelancer, or maybe someone who has a dual credential, they're a physical therapist or a personal trainer, or they just do professional freelancing. All of these professionals, I could have seen leaving the profession because there wasn't the appropriate type of work that fit what they were looking for. Many of them have told me that they were going to leave the profession, they were going to let their credentials lapse because, you know, after having children or, you know, being taken in another direction with their personal or professional lives, they weren't sure that they could really see themselves coming back to athletic training. But when they found Advantage and they saw the flexibility and the unique work environment that we provided, they were so excited to be able to find that balance in their lives again because many of them truly love being an athletic trainer. It's just that they couldn't find a way to pursue that professionally and do whatever their other calling was. And so we have been fortunate enough to run into many of these people. And this is part of the fulfillment that I feel every day. You know, not only have I found it by being a business owner, but I'm providing opportunities for others to be fulfilled while they also have personal fulfillment in you know, raising a family or seeking higher education or whatever is that's going on. It's sort of like a pay it forward model. And yes, in a way, it is self-serving for me because at the end of the day, I'm satisfied. But part of what makes me so happy and filled with joy in the work that I do is knowing that we are retaining quality professionals in athletic training and continuing to permeate areas that we haven't previously been in before and spreading the awareness of athletic trainers. Perhaps if we challenged the traditional setting and positions that are available within athletic training to fit the fulfillment model that we want to achieve, we would see a higher retention rate past the age of 30. As opposed to the opposite, us seeing the positions or the current models that are available and trying to mold our satisfaction and joy and passion into those. Let's turn that on its head and go inside, find our own fulfillment, and then create the job to fit what that is. 
Furthermore, if we allowed athletic trainers to pursue professional pathways that fulfilled them, perhaps we would grow as a profession, not only into more arenas, but also in numbers as a result of retention. It's a tremendously difficult model to continue to scale if we lose athletic trainers at a high rate after the age of 30. That means that we have to feed more and more students into graduate programs, which we know isn't going to happen because with the transition to ELM, we're going to have fewer programs in smaller numbers. And so if we really want to do ourselves justice, and if we truly want to have a deeper and more fulfilled and satisfied career life, we have to work internally to decide and determine what it is that we need out of our professional career. As Jenna Street wrote in a BOC blog from June of 2015 on the topic of retention, she says, quote, don't ask people why they are leaving the profession. Ask why they are staying. You know, I really appreciated this quote because as a society, we tend to focus on the negatives and the why nots. But what if we shifted our focus to the why? Maybe we would see more athletic trainers like myself who are starting a small business and providing unique opportunities to other athletic trainers. We don't know what we will find, but we need to start asking the right questions in order to find out. Take a moment to think about an athletic trainer that you may know. Perhaps it's even yourself, who is likely over the age of 30. And why have they remained in the profession? When you think about that person, Do they seem fulfilled in what they are doing or do they just stay in it because they've got nothing else or they're too deep into their career to choose something else? If you aren't yet 30, think about what would keep you coming back beyond that age. Is it pay or hours or merit? Or is it something completely different, like feeling satisfied at the end of the day or the end of a season? If you are over the age of 30, what has kept you in the profession? Is it the pay, the schedule, or the merit? Or is it because you feel satisfied and fulfilled? Have you ever shared with other younger athletic trainers about how you have remained in the profession as long as you have? If you haven't, I would encourage you to consider sharing your stories. I wanna touch on pay briefly because in the next section, we're going to discuss in more detail about internal and external validation for fulfillment. But I believe that those who do their work with conviction are recognized on a more regular basis and rewarded for that work with an increased value. 
the greater amount of athletic trainers we have working in that way, the higher compensation we will see. And the value aspect will just take care of itself. Let's break down some of the primary components of fulfillment. A lot of what we're really talking about here is self-esteem, validation, passion, joy. Seeking those for yourself is typically done in one of two ways, either through external or internal validation. External validation comes from those things outside of yourself. Let's use the example of compensation. Typically, external validation is shunned because not only can these things be fleeting, but there are also things that we have very little if no control over. Meaning, if you identify your level of fulfillment in an external object, and then you no longer have access to that object, then your fulfillment may disappear as well. Let's take pay as an example. I'm not talking about compensation that is so low you can't afford to live off of it. What I'm referring to here is a position that is already greatly valued, but you are seeking higher pay because that is how you achieve satisfaction. Being able to say that you make 50 grand instead of 45 grand, is that a great sense of achievement for you? What happens to your joy if you don't get that raise though? Or what does that raise say about your work on an everyday basis? Will that $5,000 difference reflect the way that you feel about your work every single day? Or does that $5,000 difference really have an impact on your family or really will make a difference and go a long way in what you need to achieve in life? If so, then it's certainly understandable that that money may be part of what you seek in fulfillment. But we have to be careful that we aren't simply stroking our ego and just doing something and achieving an external validation just to be able to say, well, I make 50 grand a year instead of 45 grand. External validation is often a result of a lack of internal validation, which is actually very common especially in our society, mostly as the result of value being placed on material objects, but also as the result of the introduction of social media. You know, if you're anything like me, then you see all the cool, fun stuff that other people are doing on Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook, and you kind of start to feel bad about yourself and everything you're not doing or not accomplishing or everything that 
you haven't checked off your bucket list. These are prime examples of the difference between having a level of internal validation and fulfillment that satisfies us and that we are secure in versus turning externally and looking at what other people are doing and feeling a sense of needing to do more in order to either keep up with the Joneses or the um, you know ability to fulfill your own satisfaction externally by doing what they're doing. Because I'm basically a self-taught professional in self-help, that's sarcasm. I've decided that completely ruling out external validation is nearly impossible with the exception of probably just living completely off the grid with access to no other human being or material object, you know, but then you probably have greater issues than external validation. We aren't a perfect people. We will continually be susceptible to elements that are beyond our control. And at times, we're going to fall victim to a bit of external validation. You know, everybody likes to have a compliment, likes to be affirmed in some kind of way. But it is actually the strength of our internal validation that will determine how often we fall victim and to what degree we allow ourselves to be affected by the elements that are beyond our control. If someone compliments you and you don't have a sense, a strong sense of self-esteem, then all the compliments in the world aren't going to make you feel better about yourself. But if you do have a little bit of self-esteem and you feel good and you have some confidence, when someone compliments you, it's going to be an affirmation of what you already feel. And you'll really be able to embody that compliment. And so while you aren't out seeking it and you don't necessarily need it because you already feel confident, when someone does give you that compliment, which is an example of an external validation, you'll be able to internalize it and it'll actually mean something to you. Internal validation comes from within yourself, such as awareness or confidence or self-esteem. This is sort of that gushy stuff that self-help books are just filled with. You know, the stuff that you usually have to lay on a couch and talk to a therapist at length about. But this is the stuff that is so easily bruised and damaged and difficult to repair. It's the soft tissue of our body. You know, one simple blow and we're bruised and have... Uh, echimosis and all of this surface level bleeding that we have to work and work and work to get rid of. That is our internal, the gushy stuff. That is the stuff that truly 
nobody is really comfortable talking about openly, but it's also what matters the most and has the largest effect on our overall happiness, fulfillment, and joy that we are going to experience in life. Just like with our body, majority of what we have is connective soft tissue. We have very little hard, dense bone in relation to our total body mass. And so we have to focus on strengthening that soft tissue if we really want to be strong. You know, it's not, it's not easy to tap into this inner area. It has taken me many of self-help books and nights at home pondering questions about what does fulfillment look and feel like. And, you know, by no means am I an expert or have I arrived in any way. But I can say that spending time with yourself to consider your own happiness and fulfillment pays dividends. Focusing on self-awareness, building your confidence, identifying areas of weakness, releasing judgment, and working through other pains will allow you to find joys within yourself that weren't previously available. And I've got a sweet little surprise for you right now. You're already doing it by listening to this podcast. So don't feel like this is something that you've got to go buy every self-help book in the world and, you know, spend nights upon nights and days with yourself locked in your bedroom trying to ponder the world great questions. Just by sitting here and listening to this, you're already working towards a solution for yourself. After thinking about all of that, let's take a look at the role that athletic training plays in your life. Do a quick check with yourself. When you think about your profession, what are the types of thoughts that come up? Are they negative in nature or more positive? Perhaps you have some sticking points that you need to work through in order to reach a greater level of satisfaction and fulfillment in your professional life. Also consider the various pathways that athletic training could take you. Sometimes we aren't the strongest clinicians, but we're great teachers. So perhaps you're feeling self-conscious about your ability to sustain in the profession because you struggle to connect with patients in the clinic. But when you're in front of students in the classroom, you just come alive. There's no judgment about that. The value that an athletic trainer has in a classroom teaching the future of our profession is just as valuable as their ability to create patient outcomes. This is an area 
that I think many of us have work to do in terms of releasing judgment of how others practice athletic training. I often see that there is a judgment that is placed on athletic trainers who exit the field and enter into more of a teaching or administrative type role. It's really important that we don't devalue the role that those types of positions play on our profession. After all, many of policy and procedure and legislation and law are created as the result of the work that those people do. And truly, we wouldn't have an opportunity to operate in the field if those people weren't taking care of many of the administrative tasks in the background. And so if you are one of those people who finds themselves to have a calling more towards an area of athletic training that doesn't put your clinical skills to use every single day, don't judge yourself for that. And athletic trainers who have a calling towards the clinical side of things, don't judge yourself for that or judge the other person for not having that calling. As I've already said, we need to do a greater job of increasing retention in our profession. And so if for somebody that looks like teaching or administration or working in a doctor's office, we need to do everything we can to keep people in our profession that want to be here and not place judgment or devalue a position that they've taken on simply because it doesn't look the way that we would practice. By focusing on releasing the external biases or validations that may play a part in our decision-making, we free up our minds to clearly focus on the internal components that can be nourished. Do some introspective work about your general feeling towards athletic training, and this will assist in your development of creating a fulfilled professional pathway for yourself. Don't shy away from the areas that don't feel good. If anything, those are the aspects that you really need to lean into in order for you to really find a solution for yourself of a fulfilled professional pathway. In the realm of self-help, like with any other topic, there is the good, the great, and then the holy grail. The holy grail for me is Simon Sinek's Start With Why. It's a book, but if you're not a reader, he also has a TED Talk that will give you all that you need to know in less than 20 minutes. Simon discusses what he has dubbed the golden circle of human motivation. The outermost circle is what, then an inner circle with how, and the target in the middle is why. I encourage to you at minimum, watch his TED Talk, but a gross 
overgeneralization of his message is that at the center of all we do should be based in why. Sinek says, everybody knows what they do. Some of us know how they do it, but very few know why they do it. What is your purpose, your cause, your belief? As a result of this, majority of our thinking and communicating happens from the outside in. We stay discussing the what, which, for example, might be our pay. But how often do we permeate to the how? For example, how is our pay determined? And very rarely do we dive into the why, which would be why are we paid what we are? What is the value system behind it? I refer to start with why as the holy grail because not only does it apply to all aspects of our life, but allows us to get to the root of what we are truly doing, what our cause and our purpose is. In terms of self-help and identifying fulfillment, there is no deeper level to penetrate than to identify the why. We typically get stuck in the surface level circles of what and how, which interfere with our ability to reach the depths of fulfillment we actually need in order to satisfy ourselves and accomplish the career longevity we desire. Very simply stated, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. This is why it is vital to the future of athletic training for you to identify why you practice, why you remain in the profession, and to tap into that every single day. In a way, our minds have already been taught how to do this in athletic training. It's the precise reason why we identify a mechanism of injury. This reveals the why as to how and what the injury is and how it occurred. We don't simply stop at our evaluation of what happened or how it happened. We locate the source of the problem and we work to fix it. It is this part of our brains that are so incredibly frustrated when we think that we have identified the why only to later show that that actually wasn't the root cause of the problem. For example, we could stay so focused on a knee injury completely overlooking the hip as a culprit. We treat the knee indefinitely and then realize if we had just realized the role of the hip, we could have solved it long ago. The same analogy applies to our life and career. It does us, 
our peers, and our profession no good to simply work at fixing the knee if we haven't done the work to identify it may actually be the hip. I would have been of great disservice to this profession if I had continued working in a setting that didn't excite me, didn't challenge me, and didn't allow me to live fulfilled. But it was because I took the time to say, hey, I've tried various settings, taken on tons of responsibility and all kinds of different projects, but I'm still not happy. Perhaps I should reevaluate and look at something else, only to find that being a business owner and working for myself was my true calling. Now, I feel I'm far more suited to benefit myself, my peers, and my profession because I am working on treating my hip by being a business owner instead of treating my knee working as an employee. To summarize, I'm hopeful that by you listening to this today, you realize the importance of living and working a fulfilled life. Not only do we owe it to our colleagues and the profession that we have chosen to be a part of, but shoot, we owe it to ourselves. When we think back to the definition to develop the full potential, who doesn't want that for their life? It will look differently for each one of us. And I hope that we all can apply it in ways that are different because that diversity is what makes us stronger. Fulfillment is what drives me to wake up each morning and push my business forward every single day. And also what encourages me to produce this podcast I see a real need for athletic trainers to understand and apply business topics, but it's not fair of me to ask that of my audience without seeking it on my own and sharing my own arrival as to why I've made the decisions that I've had and how I've come to be in the position that I am in. Here are some action items that you can do today to apply what we have discussed and start living a fulfilled life. Identify what it means to you to develop your full potential. Evaluate aspects of your professional life that could be improved by seeking deeper fulfillment. Listen to Simon Sinek's TED Talk, Start With Why. Then, determine one area that could be immediately improved by recognizing the why behind it. Thank you for listening today.